Hey guys, welcome to Ascent. Thanks so much for tuning in with us this morning. Here's something you have to know about this church. This has always been the kind of place that prizes getting to know one another, and it still is. So if you are new or newish to Ascent in this digital era, please, please, please click on our digital connect card. Depending on how you're watching this morning, it's either in your upper right-hand corner on those tabs, or we're gonna be dropping a link uh, in the comments for you to click on. We hope that you will fill that out and let us know who you are. And we'll make it worth your while by sending you a $5 Starbucks gift card in the mail. But more importantly, that will help us help you get connected to other people at this church. Because even though we're all watching from home right now, there are still a ton of opportunities to build relationships, get connected, and grow in your relationship with Jesus at Ascent. So we hope you'll take us up on that and click on that Connect card. Well, welcome Ascent Community Church. It is so great to gather again. Even though it's online, it is so good to gather. Hey, we're gonna do something we haven't done in a handful of weeks. We're going to start our time by worshiping. And even uh, if you are sitting on a couch by yourself or if you're meeting with your home, your home church, we invite you to engage. There's power when we get to engage in worship together. I'm going to read Psalm 89 over you. David writes, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. See, when we worship together, we are reminding one another of God's faithfulness, of God's presence, that God is moving and breathing and wants to move in your life today. So wherever you are, we invite you to engage with us as Tyler leads us. Would you join us? Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like a weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over, my story's just begun. You feel you want to find me, cause that's what my father does. You feel you want to find me, cause that's what my father does. shame at the door is it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, you're in the father's house arrival's not the ending the journey's where you are you never wanted perfect, oh, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over, if the story isn't good. Your failure's never final, when the Father's in you. Oh, we sing, failure's never final, when the Father's in the world. Shame at the door, is it ain't welcome anymore? 
echoes come home A helpless find hope Love is on the move When the father's in the room Prison doors fling wide The dead come to life Love is on the move When the father's in the room Oh, sing miracles Miracles take place The cynical find
brokenhearted. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We love you, God. Hey, good morning, Ascent. We're so glad that you guys have joined us for church today. Look, I am actually out here in Denver at Civic Park. You guys, every once in a while I feel like God can just uh, inspire me at a location. And this is a pretty special location. Because right here in this amphitheater that I'm looking at, this is the place that so many people have shared their thoughts around justice and injustice. It's been passionate here. This is where the George Floyd vigil was at, was, was held right here.
here. Passionate statements have been made around justice here. And I thought, man, I want to I want to come right down here because that's what the Lord has been laying on my heart. There's been a passage of scripture that I learned when I first became a Christian that Micah 6, 8 from a from a lesser known prophet in the Old Testament where he says he says he has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of us to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. See, God is saying this is a requirement for us to do justice. And I've been thinking about that, going, this is not a recommendation. This isn't something we get to choose. Do we want to do this or not? This is something God is calling us to do. So I want to spend some time talking more about that today. We got all the noise of the city around us. That's okay, because we're just going to spend some time together digging into this. You might even say, I'm already, I've already thought about justice and injustice, especially around racial injustice. I've already thought about that. I've already taken steps. Can I, can't we just move on? But you guys, we are not going to move on from this because God is calling us not to move on. He says it's a requirement that we got to continue to do justice, so we're going to learn what that means. So let's learn that together today. Father, I pray, I pray that you would use this time and this space right here to speak to us through our screen, speak to us, Lord, of eternal things and what we, how we need to respond to what we see in this world. It's in your name that we pray, amen. All right, you guys, can I first let you in a little bit on what's going on on my heart in the midst of all that's been going on? I wanna tell you about two people that call me Uncle Bill, okay? I got a lot of people that call me Uncle Bill, but I wanna tell you about two people in particular. One of them is my nephew, Matt. Matt is, a, is someone I've known since he was born, right when he was born, I was at the hospital. He's my twin brother's son. And man, I love Matt. I got to do Matt's wedding just this last year. He and Aubrey got married this last year. I got to do their wedding. Well, Matt did something. He, he graduated from high school, then he graduated from college, and then he decided that what he really wanted to do was to become a police officer. He wanted to chase his lifelong dream of being a police officer. So he got into the, uh, the police academy, graduated from the police academy, and just this last year got his badge badge. And man, I can tell you when he got his badge, I was so stinking proud of him. I texted him and just go, Matt, man, great job. Matt is a kid of great integrity. Matt is somebody with, with, is, with so much character. He's someone that I want to have wear the uniform because when he's wearing that uniform, I know he's going to protect, he's going to go all out to protect anybody. Man, that's Matt. I love it that he's a police officer. Well, there's somebody else that calls me Uncle Bill as well, and her name's Aisha Cox. Aisha and Maurice Cox are two of our preaching pastors. They came from Riverside, California, and they came out here, and right when they came out here, they became family. They were family for Jackie and I and for our kids, and, and we, it, we, they, they embraced us. We embraced them. Well, Aisha started calling me Uncle Bill, and I'm going, man, I will take that. I'll always be Uncle Bill for Aisha, and I want her to be my niece. I'll tell you what. When we're talking about things like proximity and the closer you get to, a, to something you're going through, the, clo the more you internalize it yourself. Well, the closer I have gotten to Aisha, the more that I've even internalized all that she is, is going through and all that she is dealing with. And you guys, in the midst of all that we have been seeing, Aisha has, has, has shared with us as a staff, he shared with us as a church, a lot of the things that are on her heart. Each thing that she sees on the news, what that does and how that hits us and how that affects us in our, in our hearts. Well, well, that affects me. When it affects her, it affects me. And when, it, when she's hurting, I'm hurting. 
When she's internalizing that stuff, I start to begin to internalize it as well. She sees the racial injustice, she sees the racism, and it, and, and it's, and it scares her. She, I know that Maurice and Aisha want to have kids someday, and I know that they think about will their kid uh, grow up in a, in a place that's going to protect them. And so, so I know that Aisha's going through that, and, and so I go through that with her. You guys, the world is telling me that I got to make a decision. Who am I going to support? Who am I going to follow? Who am I going to spend time with? Is it going to be Aisha or is it going to be Matt? But I don't believe God is telling me that. I think what God is saying to me is he's saying, man, you love Matt with everything you've got. You encourage Matt with everything you've got. You support and walk alongside Matt with everything you've got. You love and encourage Aisha with everything you've got. And you encourage her. You support her. You, 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 you embrace her. You cry with her. You, 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 uh, you, you feel her pain with her. You do that with Aisha as well. Man, I, I just, I'm going to walk along alongside and be with both my nephew and my niece. But that doesn't mean we still can't talk about the, a broader issue. And that issue is racism in our country. That issue is racial injustice. It is the sin, the sin of racism. It's the racial injustice that we see and it's the racism that we might even have on, our, on the inside as well. Man, God still wants us to look at that. He wants us to address that. He wants us to step into that because it's injustice. And where there's injustice, it's unjust. And where there's un when it's unjust, God is saying He wants us to do justice. To do justice. Well, what's that mean to do justice? I mean, I want you to think about those passages, that passage in Micah 6, 8. What's fascinating about that passage is that, is that God, He talks about doing justice, but just before it, it's the question of, am I doing all the right religious stuff? And God's going, man, you can do all the religious stuff you want. Here's what I'm requiring of you. Do justice. When, when we look at Isaiah, a, a prophet in the Old Testament, he's talking about justice as well the conversations around all of the religious things that we do. In Isaiah 58, he says, oh gosh, I got to get to it. In Isaiah 58, he says, this is, the kind, this is the kind of fast day I'm after. You're talking about fasting. You're talking about praying. You're talking about doing religious things. Here's the fast day I'm after to break the chains of injustice. Man, he uses that word chains, and is that not appropriate for racial injustice? See, we've been looking at the chains of injustice for 400 years. From the days of the kidnapping of African people and putting them on a boat and bringing them over here and the slavery that happened, those are chains. And we still see some of the chains of racial injustice today. And God is saying that this is what I'm after, to break those chains of injustice, to get rid of exploitation in the workplace and to free the oppressed and to cancel the debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is to share your food with the hungry and inviting the homeless poor into your homes and putting clothes on the, sh on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the light will turn on. I love that. God's going, man, you're going to see it. You start responding to injustice, you're going to see it. You're going to see why my heart beats for it. In 1 John, we go to the New Testament. John writes about what Jesus taught him. And he says, But as for the well-to-do man who sees his brother in want, but shuts his eyes and his heart, how could anyone believe that the love of God lives in him? 
My children, let us not love merely in theory or in words. Let's love in sincerity and in practice. Let's do justice. Man, those, those words, those passages, those, those hit hard for me. Because I think a lot of times I will love with words, but am I doing justice? I mean, Aisha and I were talking about this. She's going, isn't it interesting how God doesn't say just support justice? God doesn't say just believe in justice. God's saying do justice. And for some reason, sometimes I settle for just words instead of doing it. There's a, there's a book that I've read from, from before, When I Relax, I Feel Guilty, and in there he talks about what's called almost Christianity, and it so fits in this conversation around doing justice, especially around racial injustice. Listen to what it says. It says, I realized how many times I'd been satisfied to come home in the evening, recognizing the impossibility of the task, but somehow condoning my posture within it by saying I was almost your person today. I would, I would pat myself on the back with the rationalization that I was at least better than some. Unknowingly, I had allowed my life to settle into what I now call almost Christianity. Because of the difficulty of the task, because of my fear of accountability to others, because of my defensiveness and my unwillingness to live up to the demands of Scripture and of God Himself, I had slowly and imperceptibly become very good at excusing myself. Then I thought, what would it have been like if Jesus had done the same thing? What if God had almost revealed himself in Jesus Christ? What if Christ were almost born and almost lived and almost died? What if he would have said, ask and it will almost be given to you, seek and you will almost find, knock and the door will almost be opened to you? My almost Christianity took on a much different light. I realized how many times I played the game of being one of Jesus' almost disciples. I, real, I recalled how many times I had prayed almost believing and walked through my days if he were almost risen. It was not a question of theology. It was a question of lifestyle. See, our, our thoughts around justice and doing justice isn't just a, a, a thought or a spiritual idea. It's an action. It's a lifestyle. I think of my little brother, Tom, who, who's a teacher in, in Oregon, and he, got, he started learning more about this ministry called Royal Family. It was reaching out to foster kids that were abandoned, that were abused or were neglected, and, he's, and he reached, it's a ministry that reaches out to them, brings them to a camp in the summer, and teaches them about the love of Jesus, that somebody's listening to him, somebody loves him, somebody's walking alongside of him. And Tom's been doing that for years. I'm, so, I'm proud of my brother for it, man. He is somebody that is doing, doing justice. But some of us, man, we, we're on a progression that we might not be ready to jump at something like that, but we're on a progression, and I want to honor that progression. In fact, there's a person in Scripture that actually went through his own progression of doing justice. His name was Nicodemus. He's part of, of the, the, right in the heart of the narrative of Jesus. And Nicodemus was, he was a Pharisee. He was part of the Jewish ruling council. He was somebody that was, that, that lorded his power over other people. That's what the Pharisees did. They were the ones in control. They were the ones that had all of the power. They were the ones that were the judge and the jury. They were the ones that oppressed those that, that, that weren't following the way, following God the way they wanted people to follow God. Man, they were the ones making the decisions. They were the ones in power. And they oppressed the people 
people around him, especially those that followed Jesus. Well, Nicodemus was one of those Pharisees. And as he's doing those things, as he's right there with all the rest of those Pharisees, he, he's, he's, he's doing all the oppression as well. Something's happening on his heart. He starts feeling convicted. He, wants to, he needs to respond to the conviction that's on his heart. You know that he knows all those Old Testament passages. One of them, one of them was, was out, of, uh, out of Isaiah chapter 1. Listen to this. It says, look, I'm sick of your religion, your religion, your religion. Learn to do good. Work for justice. Help the down and out. Stand up for the homeless. Go to bat for the defenseless. And I love it. I love it that the, the, the bells are going off, man. That's all part of being down here in downtown, all right? But listen, he's saying, he's saying those are the things that are in his head. I'm sick of your religion. God is saying that. He's saying learn to do good and learn to work for justice. You guys, that's, you, you know that, that Nicodemus is looking at Jesus and he's going, man, I'm not doing justice. This is injust. This is unjust. And he knows he's got to do justice. And so he, he's convicted by it. And so what does he do? Man, this is when he goes to Jesus. This is when he's going, I, I want to learn from this man. In fact, in fact it, it, it says in John 3, he says, he says, There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one can do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts if you weren't in on it. Man, he came to Jesus. Paul, John writes about it and recognizes Nicodemus is going to him at night. He's afraid of stepping into learning, but he had to learn. He had to go to Jesus and learn. Man, tell me. Tell me where I'm being unjust. Tell me what, you, what you're all about. And so that night, he and Jesus sat for hours talking about he's learning from Jesus. He's learning from him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So he's learning. Oh, that's all right. You can interrupt anytime you want. <laughs> well, we're going to keep going. All right. You go to work, man. Ascent Community Church. We're up there in Louisville, Colorado. Yeah. All right. You come and visit. Okay. You too. You too. So look at I love it. I love, man, I love being down here. But, but he had to learn from him, man. He had to learn from Jesus. And this is where Jesus taught him. He said, this is where the, John 3.16 comes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's Jesus teaching Nicodemus. When Nicodemus comes away from that, from that time that he learned from Jesus late at night, kind of snuck to his house, knocked on his door, Jesus answers that door and is going, oh my gosh, it's a Pharisee. And the two of them sat and talked. Man, we don't hear from Nicodemus for a little while. And then he comes back. He comes back later. We get this story that now the, 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 the Jewish ruling council, man, they are ready to convict Jesus. They're ready to say, man, this guy is guilty. And Nicodemus in that moment, stands up. This is next thing. First it's learning, but then he stands up and you can feel it. He's got that, I, I gotta say something. And what does he say, man? He comes to, he, he stands before his friends, his fair, the other Pharisees that are there. And he says, you guys, don't our laws say that we should listen to this man before we just call him guilty? He stood up for him. He doesn't even fully know all that what Jesus is talking about, but he stood up for him. 
And then finally, the last thing we get to see in Nicodemus in his progression is that when Jesus dies on the cross. See, Jesus dies on that cross and, and everyone sees that he has died. Nicodemus looks up there and says, somebody's got to get him off the cross. And Nicodemus by this point has said, it's time to take this to action. Here's what John says. He says, Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus at night, remember when he was so afraid of doing anything, even learning, he came to him now in broad daylight, carrying a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about 75 pounds. They took Jesus' body and following the Jewish burial customs, wrapped him in linen in the, spi in the spices. See, Nicodemus at this point says, I just got to do justice. I got to go get him off the cross. I don't care what people think. I'm just going to act. You guys, that's a progression of doing justice. And for a lot of us, that's the progression that many of us are on. It might start for some of you guys with just straight conviction. And you don't even know what you're convicted about. You're not quite sure. You're feeling the anxiousness of the racial injustice that you, that you see. And you're going, I don't even know what I'm convicted. I can't even put words to it, but I'm convicted about something. It's that, it's that compass that God gives us. It's going, man, something's wrong here. And I got I, I to gotta figure out what that is. Well, sometimes we need words to your, those thoughts. I want you to listen to somebody that might give you those words. Her name is Austin Channing Brown, and she is brilliant. And she, she gives such articulate words to the issues of racism. These might be the words that you feel convicted about. Let's listen to her and see if you can relate to what she's saying. Will you decide that it's time for a reckless love? that it's time to move from head to heart, that it is time to realize that in America, our language needs to change. We need to create some new worlds because we have been grossly impacted by the world of slavery and redlining and segregation, grossly impacted by the world of mass incarceration and unequal education grossly impacted by separate voting booths and voting privileges. Our society is still bearing the marks of what we have believed as a society about blackness. And only focusing on whiteness is only half the battle. Will we also say that blackness is worthy of love without condition because blackness is an image of the divine, an image of the God you say you love. Okay, okay, so, that's, so, so those might be those words. Those might be the words that you needed to hear. Maybe they're not but we have a conviction that we now need to move and act on. And that's the next step. What Nicodemus did is he went from conviction to I have to learn. And you guys, we have to learn. You got to be people that are going, I'm not just going to go straight to action because what good is going straight to action? Well, you don't even know what you're protesting for. You don't know what it is. We got to learn. And it's time for you and me to, to dig into to the, to the, to the authors, people that might not even look like you, but have great things to say that they'll help you learn. If you haven't read Waking Up White, you got to read that book. If you haven't read uh, 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 
uh, White Fragility. You got to read that book. Read books that people are suggesting to read so that you can learn more about what's going on in this world and what's going on in your own heart. We got to learn. If you haven't, if you haven't watched the movie Just Mercy, go watch that movie. If you haven't watched the movie 13th, Man, go watch that movie. We gotta learn about mass incarceration. We gotta learn about the history, 400 years of oppression. We gotta learn why that, that's, why what's happening today has something to do with what happened 400 years ago. Man, we gotta learn about those things. We gotta learn about what white privilege means. Instead of fighting that word and saying, I don't, I don't like that, we've got to learn what does that word mean for you and me and how much do i got to embrace what that is and what's happening on the inside in my life and in my heart. This is this time where for many of us, we got to learn as part of doing justice. And now, but then we got to move. we got to move from learning to standing up. Remember, that's what Nicodemus did. He stood up. And for some of you, it's time to stand up. It's time to say, I'm going to make a stance. I'm nervous about it. I don't know if I'm going to offend somebody with it. I don't know what my friends around me are going to say, but it's time to stand up. But that will take courage. I want you to listen to a guy named Brian Stevenson, who was, who was very much at the heart of the Just Mercy movie that you might, that you might have watched. Brian Stevenson has been representing, as a lawyer that's been representing people on death row that have been unfairly, uh, uh, un, unfairly found guilty. Man, you gotta, he's, he's defending those guys, and you gotta walk with, you gotta, you gotta listen to what he says about standing up and the courage that it takes to stand up. Listen to what Brian says. Now, I wish I could stop at three, but there's one more. I don't think we can actually fulfill this command that we read in Micah to do justice by just getting proximate and changing narratives and being hopeful. I think the fourth thing we have to do is that we've got to be willing to do uncomfortable things because we really cannot do justice without being willing to do that which is inconvenient and uncomfortable. I have read, I've studied, I've looked for examples where justice prevailed, where oppression was defeated, when people only did what's convenient and comfortable. And I can't find any example of that. I've only seen oppression in. I've only seen justice prevail when people, good people, did the things that were inconvenient and uncomfortable. And it's hard because we're human. And humans are programmed to seek comfort. We like comfort. I like comfort. I'm not preaching against comfort. I gave a talk down in Mississippi a couple of years back, and when I got to the airport, the people met me there, and they said, oh, Mr. Stevenson, we know all about you. We know what kind of work you do. We know what kind of lawyer you are. We know what kind of person you are. And we have to tell you that we're having our conference at the luxurious Doubletree Hotel. And we decided that you wouldn't want to stay at the luxurious Doubletree Hotel. They said, we've asked one of the farmers to put you up at the barn. I said, what is wrong with you? I said, of course I want to stay at the luxurious Doubletree Hotel. I like those cookies just like everybody else. I don't, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that sometimes you have to position yourself in uncomfortable places and you've got to be a witness. Okay, man, see, it takes courage. It took courage for Nicodemus to stand up. It's going to take courage for us to stand up. But then we move to action. And what action might we take? What's that look like? I actually believe that that's actually going to come from all of the things that we're learning. That we go from conviction. I think action comes from conviction and us recognizing what are we convicted about. I think action comes then from, from, from what we learn. Action comes then from, from us standing up. And I think then we'll know the direction and what we need to do to walk with action. 
You guys, I think all of this is part, is part of us doing justice. And there isn't one single part that's more important than another. See, some people will tell you, man, you got to go beyond reading a book. You got to go beyond watching a movie. But I believe those are all part of the progression of justice. Jesus didn't look at Nicodemus when he came to his house that night and said, what are you wasting your time here for? Go out and do something for me. No, man, he taught him in that moment. And we have to take each of these steps, figure out what you're convicted about, learn more about it, stand up and, and act. Now, we can't just stop at one. We can't just stop at just, I'm learning and that's it. We've got to move from from learning into standing, into action. We've got to move from one place to another. And you guys, it's imperative that we understand this. It's not an option. God doesn't say, well, if you feel like it, do this. No, God is saying this is a requirement. To do justice is a requirement. And I love how he says it. Do justice. Love mercy as you do that. And walk humbly with God as you do that. That's God's command for every one of us. He wants us to love that way. I want us as a church to love that way. I want us individually to love that way. Respond to what we're seeing. Recognize the racial injustice that's there and recognize our part to learn and to grow and to stand up and to act. You guys, let's respond to injustice by doing justice together. Father, I pray that this might be the beginning for some people as they even recognize their own conviction. I pray that this might be the next step for somebody as they learn more and as we learn together. I pray that some people would have the courage to stand up and I pray ultimately in the end that we would be people that would see it and respond to it. God, help us to respond to the injustice in this world. Uh, help us to respond to the, to, to, the, to the racial injustice in this world. God, maybe be people that will act and not just stand by. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, we want to respond to Bill's words. And we know that loving Jesus and living out a life like Jesus is more than just words. It's also action. So we're going to sing a worship song called God of Justice. It's a really old song, but so, so relevant to where we are today. And we want to invite you to engage with all of us in the words of the song, God of Justice. Would you lean in with us? God of justice, Savior to all, came to rescue the weak and the poor, chose to serve and not be served. In Jesus, you have.
Ascent, what an amazing morning this has been. But do not leave just yet. Don't you turn off that TV. I got a few things that I want to tell you before you go. First and foremost, I'm officially making it something that I'm going to say is the word for this season. I didn't tell Bill and Jim about this, but learn. Learning, that word has been the common theme for the past few weeks. And we as a church have decided to educate ourselves and learn even more around the topic of racial justice. This past week, over 100 of you, you heard me right, over 100 of you came into our parking lot and had a discussion and a dialogue around the documentary 13th. This was an amazing moment that we got together and sat in chairs, social distance, but we engaged the topic of racial justice. Some of us had some healthy disagreement and some of us had some healthy agreement. But the beauty of it all was that we are engaging and we're talking about it more because at the root and at the end of the day, all of us desire to have true justice, justice that we see in scripture and that was lived out by Jesus. And that starts with educating ourselves, but it doesn't stop there. See, there's gonna be some more resources that you'll see on your screen. We want the continuation of education to keep going. 
We want this education to keep going and move forward even more than just one day or one night because we think that education and learning is so important. So check out these resources. Take a screenshot of the resources that's showing up on your, uh, your screen right now. Don't let this moment pass. And you can even go to our website. We decided to upload even more resources for your learning and your education because this is so important to not just me, but to all of us. And there's a group of 50 of you that's actually going four to six weeks learning different vocabulary around racial justice. This is what it's all about. So learning is the very first thing I want to thank you and let you know that this is what our church is moving into in this season as our official word. Not only that, generosity. Let us never forget being generous is living more and more like Jesus. Because of your financial giving, because of who you are and what you're doing, we are able to, as a church community, to do some amazing things, to our bless our city, to, to respond to the needs of things all over our nation, because that starts with generosity. So let us never forget generosity. There's going to be a few ways that you can give on the screen, and we hope that you consider doing that. Last but not least, we love you. That's right. Take a moment. I want to take a moment. Just let you know from all of your spiritual leaders that we love you, that we care and that we thank you for walking with us in a season like this. It hasn't been easy, but it's been worth it. And because of you, I want to just say thank you and that we love you. We'll see you next week and you have a blessed day.